Hello. Welcome to uh, episode number six of Hybrid Unlimited. Wow, we're we're packing these up. We're banging on all cylinders. All cylinders. <laughs> Full speed. Head first. Head first. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but before we talk about what you're talking about, okay. let's address that Peloton ad. Okay. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? Why is everybody so sensitive? I don't understand. I really, I really don't <sighs> so, get it. Okay, so for those who haven't uh, heard the ad or heard the outrage surrounding it, basically everybody's upset about the husband buying a wife an exercise bike as a gift is that it yeah basically like yeah you know i've seen things like oh she was already in shape to begin with why did you have to get her this exercise bike you know or like he men shouldn't be telling women that they need to look a certain way and it's turned this whole dialogue that i think is totally ridiculous because you tell me when i put if i put on one pound the first thing you say to me is, you look fat, you need to do something about it. Uh-huh. You, you literally know? called him fat face earlier. Yeah, she said <laughs> it today, I? right? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want that. You know what I mean? You need somebody to keep you accountable. That's what, what your partner should be, a no-bullshit person who... You want an honest partner. You get a little chubs. They get you a $3,000 Peloton bike to burn it off. Like That's an amazing gift, in my opinion. And that's not to say that that's the reason why that husband bought that Peloton bike to that wife, right? That's, that's totally up to the viewer's interpretation and sure. it's totally flawed I mean, in my can, opinion yeah, it's incorrect you can interpret it in any way you want but let's say worst case scenario he thought she was getting a little chubby he gets her this bike super expensive super i think that's like that's a good move on the husband that's like a motivating way to help inspire your significant other to to work out more yeah, I to mean, be healthier. If if my wife or girlfriend bought me like a huge, which you don't have, by the way, this which is Jake <laughs> Bali, he's single. It, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm very single. But if if somebody bought me like a huge squat rack, right, like a high price item for like a holiday, like that's a good gift idea, in my opinion. When I heard the controversy, I looked at the ad, and I was like, what, yeah. what? And so in my office, I'm like, well, what if the like role was reversed, like? I would be like, oh, fuck yeah, a bike. I got a bike. I got a new bike. Like, I wouldn't want to pay for myself. This is a cool gift. And, and are people who are seeing this ad also assuming that this woman doesn't enjoy cycling? Right. What if she loves cycling? What if she asked him for Ex- something oh cycling God. related exactly. or the, as a gift? What if it was her lifelong dream? She could have been dropping have an hints for bike. the last five months that she wants this Peloton for all, bike you know. for all the, the viewers now. And do they have an issue with the nature of the product that she received? Like, for example, what if she would have received a pair of dumbbells? You think it would have gotten the same response? Know. I think it's not the same association because people think cardio, uh, you're running to lose weight. Whereas when people think about weightlifting, I think it's a different, it's like, oh, is, the husband wants his wife to get jacked. It's like not, there's not the same negative connotation, I think. In any event, I think, yeah. I think I mean, people are being too, uh, overacting, overreacting. I think the worst part about it, though, is that there's so many people coming at the actors and they're like, yeah, they are crazy. actors, people like we don't watch movies. Like we don't watch the Joker and like, Oh, Joaquin, like fuck that guy. Like, well, no, he is, he is a little crazy. Well, he is, but like, but, <laughs> but it, he's not a bad person. But, um, yeah. It, it does. Yeah. It's not his character as right, a person right. in real life. Like, come on. That was, uh, yeah, they, they were saying in that, that, uh, news, uh, show we were watching the, 
freaking male actor had to come out and defend himself and say that the Peloton ad and all these these <laughs> ideas that people are throwing towards it don't, don't represent the way he feels. And it was like this whole thing. You know what's interesting now that you mentioned that? That he took on a lot of the heat from the, from the uh, ad, but she actually benefited from it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because of the whole Ryan Reynolds thing. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so for she those went who don't to... know about that, Ryan Reynolds was able to get the same actress who played the uh, the wife in the Peloton ad, uh, and in, uh, to do an ad for his uh, what's it gin. called Avion. Yeah, uh, it's gin. It's a gin company, and basically, uh, she's in this ad. She's broken up with the guy, and she's super <laughs> emotionally distressed about the whole thing, and she's slamming back his his gin. But I mean, pretty. They actually made the perfect loop. Did you watch yeah. the video? It yeah. was a, it was a loop. Yeah, oh. I don't know if the full ad is a is a loop, but they made a perfect loop. It's actually good. That's good. For but yeah, so the guy got a ton fans. of heat, and she benefited from the from the from the controversy, I and guess. That, and well, hold on, and let's talk about the the impact that it had on Peloton. But what did they say? They lost what? One billion. One billion like worth ha- of yeah, shares. Like half a billion, I think. But also, I think it was probably like. Like like we had heard in that video, like I think it was honestly, and I've talked about this with a friend, I think this is probably the smartest thing they could have done, right? It's like they walked, I think, the line of controversy that you got people up in arms and talking about them. But Did it they really, do? Do you think that was the goal? I. But that's the, here's the thing. That's what I was like thinking. I'm like, honestly, if that was their goal is to cause a little controversy because now look at all the free press they're getting. Yeah. And they're not going anywhere. They're huge. They're going to bounce back just fine. People are going to be mad. They're going to forget about the next, once the next big thing comes around. They're going to forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at everything else in media. It's like something bad happens. You're up in arms for like a week and then something else happens and then you're gone and you forget. So now everybody is talking about them and knows them. So so in one of the, the interview that we were just watching, the president of the marketing campaign that was that orchestrated that whole ad, she was saying that there's no such thing about uh, there's no such thing as bad press. What do you Jake? What do you think about that? You work for Barbend and obviously like you guys put up put out a ton of uh, articles and blogs and whatnot. Do you think that, you know, if you were ever to, to write something that's controversial and people start misinterpreting your message, would you interpret that? Or would you think that that's something good that people are talking about the article at Barben? Or you think maybe there's sometimes press could be bad? Um, so I think it all depends on the context of the situation, right? Because like bad press, I don't think is indicative of something that's just very flawed. In this case, their ad, it was controversial, but it wasn't like damning. You know, it like wasn't like oh, like this is how Peloton like actually thinks. It was interpreted by everyone else as being bad, so it wasn't like them saying like, "We have a perfect image that you have to fit." Like, sure, maybe the visuals in there might allude to that, but it's the interpretation. So, in terms of like bad press here, it got people talking about it, and I wouldn't necessarily call it bad because that's the goal. Now, had they come out with something directly negative. And people are talking about it, like that's bad press because that's going to have repercussions and that's now tying you to something that's negative that you directly said and there's no taking that back. Right. So if people are going to interpret something in their own way and spread messaging, that's why I don't necessarily call it bad in this sense mm-hmm. because people will forget and like mm-hmm. they'll move on. Mm-hmm. And really it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. in my opinion. But like had they come out and like really like said something fucked up. Like then that's I think that's bad because then right. that's gonna like trickle down and that's gonna say like oh this is their values like this isn't necessarily their values it's how everybody else interpreted it yeah, yeah absolutely they, even if it was their intention to to make it seem that way 
they did a good job at being able to maintain plausible deniability. Yeah. Like they can very easily defend it and say, well, that's exactly. your interpretation of it. Exactly. That's my thought. It's like they walked that line and got, if the marketing company, if they plan this, like, fuck, that's like next level thinking of smart. Like seriously, hire them to get your name out there because <laughs> like they walked that line between like we made something that now everybody's talking about. Look at all the free press they're getting. They sunk a ton of video, like a ton of money into this ad. And now look at it. Like we made it like everyone's talking about it. Like we're talking about it. Yeah. A bunch of big brands, I feel like, take on this uh, strategy to get their names out there. What was the latest uh, Nike scandal? Remember? Is it the Kaepernick one, or is that it, was there's something after Nike. it? But uh, no, I don't, oh. I don't know if the other one was intentional. But it was they they released this limited edition shoe, and on the back it had um, a variation of the flag that resembled the flag during uh, the time of the Confederacy and stuff like that. But it, and it, it wasn't the flag. It wasn't the Confederate flag or anything actually even related to it. But just the fact that people were able to like make a connection between. But I wonder. Was, I wonder again if it's intentional because well, they had to pull them. They pulled all the shoes off the shelf. Uh, so probably maybe so it was intentional. They wanted people to start talking about it, but they didn't anticipate that it would backfire that bad. Maybe. Maybe or maybe pulling it off the shelves was a, a cost that they anticipated. Yeah, because you have to it think could be a like. Big stunt. In this huge, uh, huge brands, they obviously have a ton of high-level, highly educated people working in marketing that are – everything they do is, is there for a reason, Like, right? The colors they choose, the symbols, where they place the ads, it's supposed to make you feel a certain way and, and, and have people sure. talk about it, have people buy more shoes, yeah, et cetera. That so. went through a bunch of different focus groups before it Man, I even got that. heat at that time because I think – I'm t sometimes I'm totally unaware of what's going on around me. I'm so focused on a project that I don't know. So I think that happened. And then I posted a selfie wearing like head to toe Nike. Like I had just <laughs> gotten a Nike outfit with like a cool jersey and shorts and shoes. And like 95% of the comments were about that. It's, you know, that people were upset that I was supporting Nike. People, I'm like, oh my God. That's so frustrating. And to like, so I'm gonna circle back really fast. I think Nike is very good at strategically doing that because if you look, like this is not their first fuck up. They they do fuck ups pretty routinely, and it automatically like gets them back up at the top of the news cycle. Yeah. So I don't think it's like I think they kind of might. I think they might strategically do it now if they actually do. I don't. I don't know. But yeah. like, you don't see other big shoe companies doing these things to where it causes this controversy. Like Nike, like you do. Like it's a it's, it's pretty frequent that it's happening. Is it really an accident at this point? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's it's I think it's frustrating, especially like hearing your comment about like how people are coming at you because it's like it's the ad too. It's like you're, you're interpreting this in how you want, and then you're just fucking just Wh which is incorrect say, in yeah. this case, saying yeah. whatever you want based mm -hmm. on like your own personal interpretations and beliefs and coming at you, who's like I have nothing to do to with it. it. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, trying to look fresh. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to have some swag. Nike makes good gear. Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, you feel I mean, me? They'd have to be, do something pretty bad to get me to stop wearing Nike. Yeah, seriously. I mean, they're so above, like so ahead of all the other brands in terms of swag. Yeah. We Hayden and I went into a vintage shop the other day in Toronto, and there was a pretty dope vintage-looking Michael Jackson sh shirt, and he tried it on. He's like, "Damn, I look, I look sick with this shirt." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> but it's MJ," and he's like, "Yeah." And then we had to pause for like 10 minutes thinking about whether or not we you know, should. Do people care? I don't know. <laughs> what, like do they what, care? What is the overweighing factor? Is is he a big enough star that people don't care as much about the. <laughs> what he did? 
the the <sighs> things we shall not mention. You know, I feel like he kind of skates by. Like he still plays on the radio. You know, if Thriller comes on, everyone's singing it and doing yeah. the. You and know? I mean, like, it's he—he he like almost gets a pass. Well, that's that's I think that's messed up in its own way because it's like we write these arbitrary ideas of who gets a pass and who doesn't, mm-hmm. and it just makes the whole system even more complex. It's okay, just to clarify, does he get a pass or doesn't? Just for the records, we did not get the shirt. Didn't get the yeah. shirt because we didn't want to risk it. Yeah, but does he get a pass? I don't know. I think it's up to your own interpretation. I'm not. I'm Guys, not let us know. Way. Does MJ get a pass? Should we? Continue listening. Can you wear an MJ shirt? Can you wear an MJ shirt? That's that's the main age. question I need an answer to. Is it acceptable to wear an MJ shirt? That's that's the most important question. Hey, it's a, it's acceptable to. to wear a Kobe jersey. Wasn't he accused of rape a, a whole bunch? And did he get off? He got know. off. I don't know. But I mean, there's definitely uh, lines in the sand that we just choose to draw. Yeah, exactly. That are like you said, totally arbitrary. Kind of arbitrary exactly. Um, back to the topic of of marketing and exposure and getting people to talk about your brand, Jake. A big portion of your time is allocated towards developing strategies to uh, drive more people into your site. And yesterday we were having a super interesting conversation about search engine optimization and kind of like uh, everything that goes into uh, facilitating or, or getting people to read and look at what you're posting online and that topic is just so interesting to me so you write and then you write blogs fitness blogs and you also kind of like take on that role yeah so at barbend i wear a lot of different hats i like i edit for other writers i write myself i try to find other writers i orchestrate things like this coming down here working with you guys i do videos we come up with that come up with the ideas um orchestrate them then i run our instagram page so i kind of wear a bunch of different hats but yeah a lot of my role now has become, as opposed to just simply writing, mm-hmm. has been looking for ways to rank better, place better with different things, to basically build media that's a little bit more dynamic in nature. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love Barbin, because I think we're trying to stay ahead of the curve in a lot of ways when it comes to written media and video media and tying those together and making them parallel in the way that they grow and being found and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's talk about... So yesterday, one of the most valuable pieces of advice that you gave Caesar and I, Caesar is my, my video guy, media director. Um, we were talking about hashtags on YouTube. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Just maybe give the listeners one or two or three, yeah. whatever, however many pointers you want to give them as For far sure. as YouTube goes and getting more people to watch your videos. For sure. It was funny how we were saying, it's like, we'll be like, hey, let's make a video on this, and then we post it. And that's literally the extent of our, our thought, thought process, process in terms of search engine optimization. And then after talking to you, it's like, whoa, you yeah. can really delve deep into all the different intricacies yeah, it's of a how science. algorithms work and what know, Google wants from you. Other yeah. platforms, like, there's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, I guess it never occurred to me that there's there's a science to what you post, how you post, what you name it, what you what your cover is, your thumbnail, the hashtags that you use, the language you use in the video, your caption for the video. Let's talk a little bit about that because I find that super interesting. Definitely. So um, I'll break this into two different sections, right? So let's talk about like, so thumbnails, titles, they obviously need to be a little clicky. That's like inherently like a creative thought process that I like to allocate to. So like when you want to make something visual, sync all your creative thought there. Where people miss the mark, I think, is like exactly like you guys said, right? The intricacies of YouTube itself, how it's grown, how it's owned by Google. So pretty much the way you got to see it is that 
Google and YouTube, like we essentially try to see them as similar things, right? So it's like they're going to have a little bit of similarity when it comes to their algorithm. Now, how similar they are in terms of like when you search something, what comes up and how it comes up, that's up for debate because obviously Google doesn't share their algorithms. Otherwise, everybody would be like, oh, I'm ranking number one. Mm-hmm. That's not how life works. So when it comes to YouTube specifically and for anyone listening who wants to make videos that are a little bit more dynamic in nature, that maybe rank better, maybe get you a little bit better, especially when you're a younger channel, a couple things to keep in mind is to one, always think about your video as if it's an article, right? So it's like when somebody types in like how to do a high bar squat, treat your video as if it's going to come up as that first link in Google because Google's starting to pull videos actually very highly and rank them very highly for search terms, whether it be a question or just whether it be a statement. They're starting to pull videos a lot higher in the algorithm in the first page. So treat your video as if it's an article. And so how you do that, that's where the intricacies come in, right? So descriptions are very important on YouTube. You see a lot of vloggers and stuff and they have big followings and that's why they get a lot of views. But if you just spend a little bit of extra time writing a longer description, writing a little bit more, it's going to help you be found a little bit better just because you're going to be able to be crawled a little bit more. It's going to tell Google, hey, that's what this video is about. If somebody's searching for this, it's going to help this video be pulled so and be a little bit more relevant. You mm-hmm. mentioned the term crawl, which I yeah. heard for the first time last night. Yeah. You want to explain what that is briefly? Yeah. So basically, pretty much like on a regular basis, Google crawls sites, crawls videos, and it's their way of indexing things and pretty much figuring out what this piece of content is about and then best relate. a real human doing that? No, no, no. They're like little... Um, I don't, I, they say crawl and like they're like whatever spiders or like whatever. Like I like interpret them how you want. But like crawling is basically how let's just say Google looks at like their AI looks at a page and decides what exactly that's about. Okay. So by writing longer descriptions, that's one way to help out the reach. And even if you already have a huge following, just doing this little thing helps a lot. It just gives Google an idea of what your video is about. So like we talked about your hypertrophy video. We like okay, let's write a longer description on like, hey, hypertrophy is this and training it's this this is how you kind of train for it like doing that stuff helps a lot Mm -hmm. um another thing to do another thing to keep in mind is how you're tagging the video so similar to instagram right so when you post a squat video or squat post or something that you want to resonate for a very specific topic or a powerlifting post for example you're not going to throw a bunch of hashtags in there like weightlifting crossfit because it's not the same thing and they'll actually dink you for that They'll be like, oh, they're just trying to cram this post and get it up on all these different topics. Instagram actually hurts you for doing that. So similarly there, when you're tagging your videos in YouTube, just be a little bit more mindful of what the video is about and what you're typing in. Super helpful to do. Uh, a lot of people just copy and paste like the same tags over and over again. I used to do that. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah we, that's something we spoke about. But um, yeah, be a little bit more in tuned with what the video is about and how you're tagging it. Super, super helpful. That also helps it be pulled for individual, like, longer tailed words. So, like, we talked about, like, hypertrophy benefits. Like, tagging that will help Google be like, okay, like, that's what this video is about. It'll mm-hmm. pull it for that term when people type in hypertrophy benefits as opposed to just hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. Um, third thing to think about with YouTube videos in general is really trying to optimize all the features they give you in YouTube Studio, right? So, using cards, using in-screen, that's all very important because... The more those get engagement, the better your video will come off as being quality content because you're providing a piece of content and then you're giving cards and putting time into like, oh, this is a relevant topic that extends off this topic. Sorry, what's cards? 
So like the little like banners up top, like the little explanation part of the, the oh. eye or whatever it is where it pops up and it like shows you like if you were like muscular hypertrophy is this and then you had like a separate video on training low, uh, oh. hypertrophy for lower body training, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that little thing pops up. That kind of like links to another video. Exactly. So doing everything like that, literally just YouTube tells you to do. Like when you upload a video, it gives you like the four things. Like, do those. Spend the extra time doing them. It makes a huge difference. So add cards where they're relevant. Don't just drop shit in just for the sake of dropping shit in. Unless you want a video to be found, like, go ahead. But try to make it a little bit more relevant in nature. Adding an in-screen. So adding in relevant videos at the end. Adding in links to your site. If you have that reach yet on YouTube and they allow you to do that, that helps a lot too. Mm -hmm. Because the more of those get click-throughs, Google and YouTube are going to be like, okay, like, this is a... This is a piece of content that's directing them towards more useful content, which helps them because obviously they're staying on YouTube longer. Mm -hmm. So okay. I loved uh, I loved also what you said on this same topic, what you said yesterday about um, following the rules of YouTube versus mm -hmm. taking shortcuts and how it can impact your channel in the yeah. long term. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 100%. Before so, he does that, I thought there was one useful thing that you shared yesterday, which was... One? Uh, well, I mean, only one. One related <laughs> only to one. what he's talking about right now which is um, the, uh, an app that you said it, it, if you type in a specific oh, yeah. topic, it'll give you all the relevant yeah, tags yeah, yeah. for so that there's, topic. So there are a ton of different tools you can use to help out. And like like you can do is um, there's a bunch of like, so like Keyword Finder is a good one. Like that basically just helps you come up with, like when you're writing about like the back squat, like seeing what's relevant. And honestly, you don't even need an app to do that. What you can literally do, and this is for any beginner who just wants to start writing about something or they're trying to build their own site, and you don't have to be in the fitness industry to do this. Mm -hmm. Just type in what you're going to write about or make a video about, type it in on Google, and then look at like what comes up on that first page in the titles, in the little meta descriptions, meta tags. Like Look at all the, like, the keywords, and that'll give you a good idea of what is like being seen as relevant for that term. So if I typed in high bar back squat in Google on its own, and I scroll through like the first five links, you'll usually see like how to back squat, back squat benefits, back squat mm -hmm. muscles worked. That's an indication that, hey, these are all relevant things to add in mm -hmm. to make you a little bit more like visible, uh, visible there. Yeah. Um, what was your, qu your question? And then my question was about playing by the rules versus taking shortcuts. Yeah. So and how it impacts your channel. So no matter what industry you're in, especially with content, um, Google and YouTube, they'll always catch up to you if you try to skate by. Like if you try to do sketchy tactics to bring in traffic, and that's like something that I love about us at Barbin. Like we're very like to the T on the best practices. And that's why we don't get dinked with all the updates that come with algorithm updates. Cause you'll see sites that try to like use like tactics to influx or traffic. And mm -hmm. then eventually when the algorithm updates, you get hit. Mm -hmm. So for other websites out there, people who build content doesn't have to be fitness related only. Like I want to make this inclusive to everybody. Be very wary of not doing some of the stuff we just talked about, like copy pasting, descriptions, tags. Just play by the rules. Spend the extra time every time you do a piece of content, and that will help you in the long run. Because the last thing you want to do is get to a point where you have like, let's say I'm in the business of like growing plants, and I built this site, and I have 200 articles about growing plants. Traffic is good. Like I've been really, really good with all my stuff. But then an algorithm update comes along and I haven't been doing like the best practices with stuff or even like, let's say I have a YouTube channel and all of a sudden my like views start going down. Now I have to go back in through all that shit and figure out where I fucked up at mm -hmm. as opposed to like 
doing the right things, like tagging it correctly, writing descriptions that are individual mm-hmm. and not copy-pasted, plagiarized from the article or whatever else it is. Mm-hmm. So that only adds the complexity of it. So just by playing by the rules, it ensures that down the road, as especially as you get more in the weeds of producing, you don't have to go back and do a ton of updating and spending a ton of time because then that's taking away time from your present, which is... So the idea is that... Where can the rules be found? <laughs> there are a lot of different... There are a lot of different... Um, outlets you can look to like honestly like if you just go to like any like kind of genericish seo site you can get the basics and kind of keep up with it and like the more you want to get into it and the more you learn from that basic site will help direct where else to find stuff so like looking at like the google like search council feed and like twitter feed and stuff like that like that helps because they kind of give like an indication of when stuff's going to be updated but to be quite honest like to do it really right like you should kind of look for like a consultant or hire somebody who has the knowledge and they could teach you because it's like it is a beast that like i'm still learning like it's it's like still like there are people like so much in the weeds on this stuff that you have to be plugged in all the time and see trends because that's a lot of what seo is based off of i think hiring an seo consultant would be super beneficial for for anyone people starting their own channels people with already existing businesses 100%. and I wish, I wish people could hire you, man. <laughs> I, but, um, yeah, it's, it's funny because like, even with companies like that just do apparel, for example, they're like, Oh, like I don't need an SEO consultant to run my site, but it's like having somebody come in and just help you structure things better to be found for whatever it might be, or just like set you up for success in the long run mm-hmm. is so key. How like, do these, how you mentioned yesterday that these best practices playing by the rules, um, builds up your channel or blogs resiliency to changes in the algorithm. Yeah. Right. I found that interesting too. So, yeah. My question about that is, yeah. so are, are you're working based on the idea that, although the algorithms are constantly changing, mm-hmm. they're sort of like a core value system that they're going to stick to. So they yeah. might refine here and there, but as long as you keep up with current best practices and how they change, you're never going to have to do a complete overhaul. Exactly. And and one thing I want to make clear too is at the end of the day, like you got to play by the rules, but what really is like the driving factor of all of this is quality content. It's not just slacking up shit on YouTube or like putting shit into an article and sure. like, whatever, just posting it. It's actually taking time to build out quality content because as we get further and further into the world of the internet and as Google grows, they're only getting smarter at detecting what videos are about, what articles are legit. They're getting better at recognizing who's writing them, associating that with expertise. Like that's something that we like at Barbin, like we make very apparent to our authors. It's like, Hey, we want you to write like a really good author bio because that's going to help Google identify you as an expert in the field. So, like, when we have, like, Ben Pollock writing for us, like, we have him build out a nice little author profile. So, Google's like, this guy knows his shit on powerlifting. He's a powerlifter. His site says he is a powerlifter and yada, yada, yada. Does so, Google crack down on those super clickbait yeah, titles? So, if you have, like, a title that just draws people in, and I, it's literally the worst thing that can happen to you is when you get caught by one of those. And you're like, oh, my God, what an interesting topic. Click, and it's something completely different. You're just yeah. like, ugh. Yeah, that's... Do they crack down on those? Yeah, that's a whole other beast. And there's a whole... Like, I like to think of clickbait as having different levels, right? So it's like... You see, like, people call clickbait titles in, like, fitness. But they're not really clicky. It's just trying to get you in the video. Like, I think true clickbait is, like, when they say, like, these five foods will, like, make you, like, lose 40 pounds in, like, two weeks. And you click it. And it's just a fucking funnel to get your email. Mm -hmm. Like, that's clickbait, in my opinion. Like, there are different levels of clickbait. And, like... You might see this differently to anyone listening, and that's okay. But I think clickbait is 
a term that should be defined a little bit better because what you're talking about, that's like click funnels are a little bit different or like you see like those Facebook like news articles that are literally designed to mislead you. What we were talking about before. Yeah. And those, those celery is the celery kill you (laughs) tune in at seven. Then you you tune in at seven. No. (laughs) All right. Back to our regular program. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, um, they'll, those are the sites like that don't last. Like people who plagiarize shit, try to get quick with their traffic. Like you'll, you'll benefit for a couple months, but you never last. And that's why it's like having a resilient site. Best practices in place it deflects that shit because you're always updating how you're like rank. So like for us, like we're very mindful of how we're ranking and the big thing and the big tip for anybody who's trying to build a site and like write content, build content. And I talked to my buddy, Avi Silverberg about this a lot is that don't panic. If you're doing the right stuff and you see like a little shift here and there, like with how you're ranking, don't panic because they're always testing. They're always testing who's relevant, who's got the best content so don't panic and freak out and change everything. That's why having best practices in place allows you to like kind of beta test as you go. So if you do see a consistent dip then, then you know it's clear like, okay, something's up. Let's figure it out mm-hmm. as opposed to like an acute instance of like where you drop maybe like three or four ranks. Mm-hmm. It's like give it a couple weeks. You'll probably shoot back up. They're always testing out new content and new stuff like that because otherwise how else would we ever see fresh content? And, and that, yeah, that doesn't just apply to this particular instance. That's kind of the premise behind interpreting data, right? Yeah. You don't, you shouldn't make any any decision based on one point in time. You yeah. should make the decision based on a, a trends that you see. Yeah. So it goes back to just data interpretation in general. Hundred percent. It's. I think that's like um, that's such an important skill that folks neglect sometimes and it's okay like to not know that stuff but Mm -hmm. if you don't know that and you own your own site and you want to build media like find somebody who does Mm -hmm. and learn from them pick their brain because it's going to make you way more resilient no matter what industry you're in what um what about thumbnails like what's the the rule thumbnails are tricky right so it's like i don't have the most like artistic eye i don't think like our graphic designer is phenomenal at barbin like he is so goddamn good at what he does and like that's the thing like the team we have is like so damn good at taking care of like their roles and their strengths but um for thumbnails themselves some things to think about are one just ask yourself the question like if i didn't know who you were like if i didn't know me would i click this video based on what i'm seeing and then that kind of can help you be a little bit more objective because i think like let's talk about fitness like if i wanted to post a video of like a deadlift like I'm gonna be a little bit biased towards what I want to see because of my you gotta think of my training age, like where I'm at, versus somebody random who might not even know what a deadlift is. So mm-hmm. no matter what, always ask yourself like, would I click this video if I didn't know who this person was? Also making it visually appealing. So I like to like the best thumbnails in my opinion are the ones that are very like illuminated around what the focus area is because it draws the eyes in really quick. You don't need a ton to do it. Like just highlight a little bit around whatever the object might be. I think Max Tuning does a really good job at that. And so does Christian Guzman. And they're kind of like, I guess we could call them OG YouTubers in the fitness space. But like sure. they're very good at thumbnails. And I know people are like, well, they make clickbait. It's like, no, they fucking, they really don't. Mm-hmm. Eventually they get to the whatever the title was in their video. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up, move on. <laughs> like you have better things to do with your life. But when it comes to text, this is important keeping it to a certain percentage, right? So you don't want huge text over your thumbnail because that can actually dock you a little bit. So like keeping it between, I think it's like, I want to say 15 to like 25% of like space on the thumbnail itself should be dedicated to text if you're going to use text, but don't have it be too big. Yeah. 
15 to 25%. Um, no, 15 to 25%. <laughs> so a quarter tops. Yeah, but somewhere around there. And I, you can you can honestly just look that up because that's like public information. And that's like same thing with like Facebook posts and stuff like that. Like they'll mm-hmm. ha- make you have a certain amount of percentage of text for certain posts on different mediums and so forth. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider, especially with YouTube is just be a little bit more mindful of the text you're putting on and how much space it's taking up. And honestly, if you don't know, just Google it. <laughs> like we're talking about Google right now, but like just Google it and search it and you should be able to find that information pretty easily. Cool. Also, real quick for our listeners, uh, in 30 seconds, elevator pitch, what's Barbend? Barbend is an outlet for strength sports. So we cover CrossFit, weightlifting, strongman, powerlifting, and a little bit of bodybuilding. We basically write on the big news like events, big lifts, world records, and so forth. We do a lot of exclusive content with athletes like yourself. We do educational posts. We have guest contributors who are frequently writing for us. We try to keep it a little bit more diverse in the nature of the content we're writing. We don't want to just give all of our eggs to one strength sport. And on YouTube, we do a lot of product reviews. We do a lot of educational content. And then we do some reactions to videos to big lifts and so forth. So that kind of wraps us up in the nutshell. We're, we're trying to be like the go-to news outlet for strength sports in general and try to be inclusive to all strength sports and not just focus on one. I Have love you guys uh, reviewed the new Nike Romalios? Which ones? The 3XDs? Oh, I don't know. Is there more than one new one? I, I don't believe the 4s are out yet. I actually was looking. I was talking to the Nike rep. So, like, I do a lot of shoe reviews. So, man, if you if you need any kind of cross-training or lifting shoe review, hit me up. I got you. Like, I, <laughs> like, know all about the training shoes. But uh, the Nike 3XDs are good. I like them a lot. The Is Nike... that basically, like, the current Romalio? It's got the longer tongue. Yeah, it's got, like, the beefed-up tongue and stuff. I like that. I I do too. And people are like, well, like, fuck Nike because they made this shit. It's like they listened to you and made it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you guys should be happy. Like, and yeah. I, like, don't even get me started no, there. You like, can't make everyone happy. Some of, the, some of the comments we get on review videos, it just like blows my mind. But yeah, um, I, don't know the, I don't know when the ROM 4s are coming out. Before I'm trying. Tokyo 2020, I'm sure. Right? I'm hoping, man. Hopefully. I'm like, I like, keep bothering their PR people. I'm like, hey, do you have any news for me to write about? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they haven't given me any details yet. But when we do, I'll, I'll be sure to be like one of the first to write on it, hopefully. Awesome. awesome. What, uh, what do we have for your fitness gossip? Well, two. Remember we were talking about Conor McGregor's return to the octagon? Yeah. So apparently, uh, Dana White said that if Conor beats uh, Cowboy Cerrone, and Khabib beats Tony Ferguson, that he'll set up a fight with a rematch with Khabib and McGregor. Khabib Muhammad Dinayad? Khabib Nagamahagadim Hurden. The name nobody can say. That's but, uh, wild, man. Man, I, I, Connor's getting a, like, there's a lot of doubt surrounding him and his return. And I hope he proves everybody wrong. I hope so, too. He's just so good for the sport. And he's kind of like a guy like Masvidal where you just want to see him succeed. And even though he he's, can come across as kind of like a prick and being cocky. I love him. It's like he pulls it. He does it so well that you yeah. can't hate him. Yeah. Question yeah. for you guys, though. Let's circle back to the first topic we opened up the podcast with. Yeah. Conor McGregor. He's been, uh, he's been a little <laughs> bit controversial in his career. Does he get a pass? And if so, why? Like, throwing the chair at that bus, that was a lot. Does he get a pass? 
he Here's totally did get I feel a pass. Like he I think totally he gets a pass. He gets a pass. He's at that level of eccentric where people just chalk it up to like, ah, he's a crazy guy. Yeah. You know, especially because like, like most of his, his quote unquote bad press comes from kind of like aggressive events, right? Yeah. Like punching an old guy at a bar. Things th- that are in line with being a crazy fighter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's playing. He's it's it's all stuff that plays back to his character. Almost. It's like Mike Tyson. He gets a pass somehow, right? That guy's back in movies. He freaking bit a guy's ear off. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. But, Look, but I, think, I, think, I think there's two things that you absolutely do not, three things, three things that you absolutely do not get a pass for. Hitting woman, mm-hmm. killing woman, obviously. <laughs> uh, anything to do with kids, don't get a pass. Nothing. Like yeah. you look at a kid, fucking weirdo. All right. <laughs> Let's just clear that up. Finally, stealing. Three things. Stealing? You, don't, you stealing. stealing? What about like over like like racism or something like that? Yeah, like racism too. Racism stuff. Yeah. That did Kramer in. Yeah. So hitting or killing women, looking at kids weirdly or doing anything to kids, uh, racism and stealing. Ste- like stealing what? Like say. property? Huh? Like pe- other people's ideas or you mean or. No, like money. Like say that a wife gets divorced from a guy and like she does something sketchy and like she transfers all of his funds to her account. Oh, okay. Like, that's not okay. Sure, but I feel like publicly people yeah. don't care, especially with celebrities. That's why it's my fourth one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not as important as the rest, but it's still there. Like, I don't think it's okay to steal. Yeah. You know? Do you think it's okay to steal? <laughs> well, obviously not. Okay, but just making sure. I mean, people come back. Celebrities yeah. are able to recoup their... Yeah, bro, that's why it's identity. the fourth one on the list, all right? Don't get done. <laughs> I'm not trying to create controversy here, okay? Yeah, right. Oh but back to... God. To Connor, I think totally gets a pass. I think you're right with that. He gets a pass, and even like, I don't know the the smashing the phone on South Beach. It's like just part of his crazy eccentric behavior. Mm -hmm. Fun fact: he was at Hybrid. He was training at Hybrid 1.0. Yeah. That night, right before he went and smashed that guy's phone on South Beach. Yep. So he dropped in. The, the other gym was smaller and like very private, so I think he, I remember seeing that picture of Alex and him. Posting yeah, that. he used to he used to come when he was staying in Miami. He used to come train at Hybrid That's just so sick. he could get away from people. But yeah, then he freaked out. I guess that night and smashed some guy's phone. Mm-hmm. What was the other thing? Punching an old man in a bar. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, <laughs> the old man did. I think he said something like he, McGregor was going to buy shots for the whole bar, uh, or like a drink for the whole bar of his whiskey and the guy told him it was shit and that he didn't want it yeah so i feel like I mean, that one you just like just just take it and give it to somebody else then man like yeah it's why are you really? gonna provoke a fighter like yeah. why why does that have to even or be just, said why just be a dick to be yeah kidding? so it's like i obviously that doesn't give you the right to blast someone in the face yeah <laughs> but like i i understand why he was upset 100 percent other thing, I mean, if we're on a UFC thing, did you guys see the fight with uh, Biggie Boy and Overeem? Is that the – wait, hold on. Is that the lip one? Yeah. That right. was disgusting. Anyone who hasn't seen that, give that a quick Google, Alistair oh, yeah. Overeem's lip. That might be the worst cut I've ever seen in fighting, period. Yeah. I'll plug it in here. Give him like a three-second count. Cover your eyes if you can handle it. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Three, here, it's going to pop up in three, two, one. Oh <laughs> nope, I'm good. I'm Oof. good. Yeah, no, that's uh, that was something. It was literally like he was. There's a picture of him smiling with it, and you can literally just see straight into his teeth, and it's just totally separated. Oh, man, have you ever 
gotten hit in the face and like cut anything open before like really bad uh not really bad but a couple in uh hockey fights nice. I, had, I had i used to have i had them shaved down but i had really uh sharp eye teeth yeah so anytime i got oh my there, god you guys cut me cut me right open oh no, my god you show guys me. i'm not looking at it no, oh my god you guys she's on a florida man tear oh, no. are you ready for this one i'm excited because you seem excited Florida man found partially eaten by alligator died from meth overdose. What? The? Florida man dies from meth overdose and then gets eaten by an alligator. This was 13 hours ago. What? Michael Ford II was found in an alligator's mouth in water near a phosphate mine. A necropsy revealed Ford's hand and foot inside the 11-foot-long alligator's stomach. It is still unclear why Ford, 45, was on the property, but officials said Wednesday he died from methamphetamine intoxication and was later eaten by the reptile. Oh, man. What a way to go. Oh, dude. Meth is never a good idea. I don't know how you end up there, but hey, guys... Don't don't, don't do, do it. Don't, don't do it. You know. There's better alternatives. Yeah, like you know, you, CBD. You, you smoke too much weed, you you fall asleep. You do too much meth, you end up in an alligator's mouth. You just drink <laughs> a beer, man. <laughs> that's a, that's a life lesson right there. Yeah. <laughs> Papa Hayden. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's my my bit of wisdom for the podcast. <laughs> Wait, there was a Florida Man Challenge Day? When yeah, was so that? Wow, what a slow and obvious getaway. <laughs> Imagine stealing a hot air balloon. <laughs> if For anyone who couldn't hear Caesar there, he was talking about there's a Florida Man Challenge Day, and this guy went to Indiana and stole a hot air balloon. But, I mean, if ever there is a scenario where you cannot make a sneaky and speedy getaway, it's... In a hot air balloon. <laughs> it's like, yeah, where are you going to set that thing down? You could literally just walk alongside and wait till he has to come down. Right? That's I'm so trying ridiculous. to think of a good example of that. Like somebody's like trying to get away fast and it's like <laughs> going yeah. so slow. It's like something yeah. you see in Austin Powers. It's yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> so um, bad. Before we go, Jake, where can people find you? Um, so you could find me at barbin.com. I am Jake Foley there. If you want to follow my personal on Instagram, I don't know if I'm too interesting, but that handle is at Jake underscore Bully. And then my personal site is ConcreteAthletics.com. But I seriously appreciate you guys having me on. It's always a pleasure sitting down and chatting with you all. Yeah, Thanks thank you. Thanks for coming. This, um, this episode was brought to you by Hybrid Performance Method, your one-stop shop for all things training. Nutrition, training, and the most dopest apparel gear that you'll ever own. Yeah, that's that. that's sick. Also brought to you by Go Strong. Everything we do is brought to you by Go Strong yeah, and shout Animal. Out to Tim. Yeah, shout out to Tim and Animal yeah. Pack. Okay, that was all for episode number six. Six. I hope you guys enjoyed, learned something. <laughs> uh, and if you have any questions, you know how to reach us. And if you don't, don't do math. Huh? Yeah, don't, do, don't do meth. Definitely don't end up in an alligator's mouth. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.